Here we go. It's the DC Sports Huddle. I'm Dave Johnson with Rob Woodford, George Wallace, Dave Preston. We've reached the bye week. Some would argue we've already reached it a couple of weeks ago, but that's just another bad Washington football team joke, and we don't need to add to that. But let's talk about where this Washington football team is. I'll open up before we get into this discussion, uh, and we'll start with you, Dave Preston. But a couple of things stood out for me from the post-game press conference on, on Sunday. Uh, Ron Rivera talking about uh, futility does not end overnight. And boy, do we know that here in D.C. and talking about sometimes it takes three uh, to five years. And not that that's an unreasonable statement, but it was a little bit sobering to hear. And also when he was asked what, how he would describe the month of October, he used the term chaotic and seemed to imply that, yeah, they were aware of all the outside noise that goes around the Washington football team. And that staying focused is not always the easiest thing to stay focused on football. So again, this team does not feel like a team that is going forward, but a team that's stuck in a cul-de-sac. Dave Preston, your take. I think the team is just, they're a mess right now. You know, two and six, they've lost four straight games. You look at an offense that is, uh, we did not expect this offense to be the calling card of this team. But if you look at the last three games, they've averaged 11 points per contest. They've misfired on third down again. And they had, I think, what was it, six trips inside the 30-yard line this past week, came up with absolutely zero points. You can't do that. You can't go on the road and feel as though you have to go for it on fourth and short from their 21. You need to get those early points on the road. That changed the entire feel, vibe of the game. This is a team that is a last-place team. That's that's how this, this this feels more like the team of two years ago as far as execution than on last year's team that got hot thanks to playing a bunch of backup quarterbacks. You can replace the quarterback. You can replace the kicker. But this 53-man roster is one that can't get off the field on third down that has issues moving the chain. So this team is uh, – Coach uh, Ron Rivera said that it takes three to five years to build a, build a culture. Well, it definitely doesn't take a year and a half to build a culture because the culture right now is not darn good. No, and George, uh, this is not to, to make light of a bad situation, but this is almost straying into the comical lane when you have a field goal kicker named Blewett who has – three block field goals uh, in two weeks. I know that's low hanging fruit and it's a cheap joke, but that's all of a sudden it, it almost disbelief. You're like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> what else is going to happen with this team? But he is 100% when the ball gets past the line of scrimmage untouched. All right. Well, we'll make, make it. George <laughs> duly noted. Dave Preston went to law school. So I had to, I knew there, there had to be. There a you go. Uh, yeah, no, look, I mean, this is uh, – it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse before it gets better. And, I, look, I, I, Ron, he doesn't have three to five years. I, you know, when have you seen that patience with this owner? I mean, it's just not going to happen, I don't think. Uh, you know, the, the franchise quarterback is a thing. I mean, it came out yesterday, this morning, that Mitch Trubisky was this close to coming to D.C. from Buffalo, and they just some, somehow it just didn't get done at the last minute. So they are still looking for that franchise quarterback. And, look, you have a lot of injuries on the offensive side. Yes, we get that. But let's be honest, folks. If Logan Thomas gets back, okay, and Brandon Sheriff, yes, and uh, Sam Cosme, okay. But they, they still weren't lights out when those guys were, were in the lineup. So, uh, you know, this is a 2-6 and six team heading to who knows where. And Taylor Heineke is still going to be the quarterback uh, when they return from the bias. And to me, that tells me something that he believes nothing in Kyle Allen, even after everything he has told us, because, you know, Heineke's just not getting it done. I know he's not the only reason, but you know, again, like I said last week, just for some sort of spark to change things up, he's a backup quarterback. 
He's had eight weeks now or seven weeks now of starting. People are going to start to figure you out now, game plan for you. When you come off the bench, as we all know, back in quarterback one, two weeks in, okay, you there's nothing really on you, and you can kind of and, and perform that way. There's no really tape on you. But now you're kind of getting to the tendencies. You see what his tendencies are, and people are uh, teams are preparing for it. So, uh, you know, Tampa right after the bye, you've got the Seahawks coming up, and then you got the NFC East, the Raiders. Uh, so it's just not going to get better uh, anytime soon, I don't think. And I don't know where this team goes from here. I really don't uh, until you find that franchise quarterback. And, and for Ron Rivera, you better hope it comes this offseason because I, you can't afford – he's not going to live through another season, I don't think, like this one next year. I, I, just don't, I, I just don't see Dan having the patience. When have we ever seen that? So uh, I, that's, that's just you know, how oh, I – it needs, but he needs to have patience because Ron Rivera is the, the, the bit of sanity that his team desperately yeah. needs. So the bottom yeah. line is, regardless of how this season ends up, it, it's no time to even think about uh, changing coaches. Ron Rivera should remain the coach. Tanya Snyder should remain the president. Daniel Snyder should have his probation extended for three to five years. And then maybe they'll get out of this uh, cul-de-sac of futility. Rob? Yeah, I don't know that Tanya Snyder's uh, fixing anything because she's proven that she's every bit as inept as her husband. But that's <laughs> that's another topic for another day uh, to uh, piggyback off of George in the uh, quarterback situation. I just wrote a column on WTOP.com about this. And basically this Mitch Trubisky thing almost announces to us that Ron Rivera has no idea what he's doing with the quarterback position. If you and let's just say just for the sake of argument, you give up what maybe a fifth round pick for um, you know, or late round conditional round pick for uh, for a guy who's a backup quarterback to an established veteran right now, th then you will have spent at least two picks on guys who probably don't touch the field because they send a fifth round pick to Carolina for Kyle Allen and he won't even touch the field right now. So for a guy who doesn't want to overspend for a franchise quarterback, he's, he, you know, he's getting, uh, he's sending draft picks elsewhere to get guys who were second and third uh, on the depth chart at that position. So it's just, you know, he talks about the three to five years to establish a culture. And I don't necessarily disagree with that. The problem with where Washington is though, is they do not have a, they don't have an identity. And it shouldn't take you three to five years to have an identity. And part of the problem is if you have a franchise quarterback, it's easier for you to forge an identity. So I'm not saying that you necessarily have to have that guy like today, but you better have some sort of plan to find the guy and you better do something that's uh, that's better than what he's doing now. And that is just waiting around for some Dak Prescott to be available in the second or third or fourth round. And this franchise, as I alluded to in the uh, in the column, this franchise doesn't really value guys that they take that late in the draft because otherwise Kirk Cousins would still be here. And I'm not saying Kirk Cousins is any great shakes, but you have to when you find that diamond in the rough, you have to be able to identify that you have found a diamond in the rough and operate accordingly. We haven't seen this organization do that. And, and they thought the identity, by the way, the identity was supposed to be the defense this year, right? Right, right. That's the thing. It's like that that was right. And you were and they're the sixth worst defense in the league for reasons that are still beyond my comprehension. So, you know, that's the thing. If you're going to uh, hang your identity on, you know, a certain side of the ball, then you know, you need to at least have a face 
of that side of the ball who is like the guy. And I think on defense, it was kind of supposed to be Chase Young. And, yeah. you know, he hasn't really lived up to the expectations, which is something that we haven't really been talking about here locally. I don't know if it's because he's a local kid or because, you know, we just like the guy, but um, you know, that, that, that's been sort of the, the underreported aspect of that defense is that Chase Young should be the guy who's like grabbing people by the face mask and making stuff happen. We haven't seen that from him or the unit. And that's why you have a little bit because uh, you have a situation where who do they look to? There's, there is no identity because it, it's not happening on defense. There's not a Chase Young they can look to. Like, you know, the Ravens fans years ago looked to Ray Lewis or whatever. You could have an identity on one side of the ball, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, it looks completely lost as, as there's not a franchise quarterback, which Ron Rivera admitted in the same statement when he was talking about improving the culture that one of the caveats, it helps a lot to have a franchise quarterback to, to establish that culture. They pressed him. If only his friends in Carolina were available. Yeah. Well, again, it, he's yeah. not. Can we all admit he was right. We should have taken Cam Newton or no. I'll, I'll raise oh. a hand. At this I'll, point, I, I will say this, and I apologize if this, uh, 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 they're cutting the grass outside. I don't know if it's coming into the mic or not, but um, the, <laughs> that's the thing with uh, Cam Newton is that he at least gives you some sort of identity. I don't know to what level he would play, but. You know, he certainly gives you somebody that you can rally around on that side of the ball, which is something that they do not have right now. What I think is amazing is how the whole Mitch Trubisky thing, it's like, oh, my goodness, we're almost going to trade for Mitch Trubisky. (laughs) Have you not seen his body of work since he came into the league? Why would you want Mitch Trubisky in the first place? It's, you know, different uh, articles here and there treating that like it's this silver bullet that is going to all of a sudden ease all of the ills of this franchise of this offense. That's not going to happen. And I think you, you, this is unfortunately uh, Ron Rivera said it a couple of weeks ago. He's, he's, he admitted that perhaps they go making the playoffs last year, going seven and nine, made everyone think that they were a year ahead of schedule. Whereas if they had won five games last year, seven games this year, nine games next year, it, we would have had an even ascent. But, you know, unfortunately you don't, you, you, you can't choreograph the results on the field and whose quarterbacks are injured and how much of a hot mess your division is in any given year. Uh, this team heading into the season, gentlemen, I thought that this team might be better than last year's team, but might not have as good a record be, just because of how everyone else is getting better as well. But this team has taken uh, steps back on both sides of the football and coming out of the bye week. I'm going to be very concerned to see how Chase Rouye or with, uh, how an offensive line without Chase Rouye works, because he's been quietly very underrated the last couple of years. You don't hear his name. And when you're a center, when you're an offensive lineman, that's exactly what you want to hear. Nothing, no penalties, no sacks, no blown assignments. He's gone. The center's the linchpin of of an offensive line. And they have eight weeks uh, of backups uh, to try and patch things up there. So moving forward, you know, it's not as though we don't have enough to worry about, but that's a concern I have moving forward. Look, and he said real quick, he talks about seven and nine. Okay, last year you shouldn't have won the maybe too much. But look, they were still seven and nine. I mean, it's not like they were 10 and six. So, okay, no. you're seven and nine. You should take the next step this year, whether that's, you know, playoffs or not last year. You're not going to finish seven and nine this year or seven and 10 or four, three and five, whatever Dave likes to say. I made ties. Hey. But you know what I mean? I mean, so it's like you still would like to see them take that next step. And 
injuries, fine, but they've had games this year. We talked about the schedule, but they have had opportunities to win games. And if you are heading in the right direction and going to take that next step, you don't throw two interceptions at the goal line. You don't go 0 for 6 inside the 30. It's just those little things that you'd like to see them, that there's no excuse for them not to be making, regardless of last year's record, which still was under 500. Yes, of course you make the playoffs. It's great. But you're still were 7-9. and nine. So you want to see maybe a 500 this year, a little over 500, even if you don't make the playoffs because of how bad last year's division was. But you'd like to see progress, and we're not seeing it. Also, you know, also they, I didn't hear anybody sort of overrate them from a one loss scenario. I know that a lot of people thought very highly of the defense almost to, yeah. but I didn't hear anybody. I think as a matter of fact, uh, Dave Johnson, I think you had the most, uh, the, the sunniest uh, uh, prediction for them at 10 and seven. I think you had them, but yeah, but I, I was drunk 10. at that point. What's that? <laughs> I had I eight, seven, and two. So don't don't allow me to do those predictions on no, weekend. I, I no, said ceiling was ten. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Like I don't, I don't yeah. think I don't. I didn't hear anybody say more than ten wins for this team. So to me, that's not outrageous. To me, that's not something that was like way out of bounds. So you know, Ron is almost sort of uh, overstating how much people expected them. I think people expected them to be competitive. They expected right. them to be somewhere near five hundred. But right now they are dangerously, they are like two, <laughs> they're two plays away from being winless at this point. So it's, yeah. you know, to me, it's just like, nobody's, nobody was overrating you. Like all we're asking you to do is just not suck. <laughs> the bar is so low. Well, and I was basically okay, okay. based on, on two things that obviously have not happened. It was this, this defense taking a step forward. Okay. The defense was like that last year. It improves. It becomes a defense that can keep you in the low 20s. And then if Brian Fitzpatrick can cobble together some of his magic and you get enough to win games 27 to 24, maybe it can happen. Well, we don't even have Ryan Fitzpatrick to talk about. And the defense has been a problem really since we, we, we've never seen the defense of last year. Gentlemen, it would, would, I guess uh, I'm, I'm going to jump. I'll, I'll come back hopefully to do an audible at the line of scrimmage. But uh, one last thought about the Burgundy and Gold. I think what's frustrating about this year's team is that I think with the exception of the game against the Bills, every game was winnable. There were moments in each game, even the double-digit defeats, there were windows of opportunity for this team to make that step, and they shrunk. It feels like for the most – especially during this stretch where they've lost now four straight – They've played worse in the second half, and you can't do that if you want to be competitive as a team in the NFL. And I, I expected more out of uh, Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio, and Scott Turner uh, this season. I didn't expect them to be Don Coriel and Buddy Ryan and Vince Lombardi, but I expected more than what we've had over the last month where they've gone Great. from being two and two and kind of semi in the mix to being two and six. And right now we're charting to see where they are in, in the draft order next year. Five right now. Five. So, so, so bottom line, uh, it, 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 can we agree it's not going to get better until you get the franchise or the long-term yeah. starting quarterback. And, and that then begs the question, will we even be having this discussion if we just kept Kirk Cousins? Wasn't, wasn't a, a starter here in Washington. And, and I've and nobody wants to hear this, but I mean, he did two things. Number one, he was always healthy. They have yet to go uh, a season without having to start at least three different quarterbacks since Kirk Cousins left. So, uh, you know, the, what's the old saying? Your best ability is availability. And Kirk Cousins plays every game. 
Um, and, and I think the other thing was you kind of knew what you were getting with Kirk Cousins. Can you win a championship with him? I mean, if you have a really good defense and if you have a good ground game around him, I mean, maybe he can game manage his way to, uh, to one. Uh, certainly Mike Shanahan, who has championship pedigree, thought that he could win a championship with the guy. So, you know, I, I'm, I, 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 that, uh, that's a debate for another day, but at, at a minimum, he gives you some sort of um, consistency at that position. So I, 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 I'm, I'm going to stop short of saying that they should have kept him, but I, I think it's stupid to let go of a guy when you don't have another option waiting in the wings. You know, they could do that in Green Bay. We could debate all day, you know, as to whether or not you let go of a future Hall of Famer like an Aaron Rodgers, but they drafted a guy who was supposed to take over for Aaron Rodgers. So you understand the move if they do that. Washington hasn't had a guy, <laughs> let alone have a guy and then another guy waiting in the wings. That's just something that doesn't happen here. Well, they thought they did last year with Dwayne or two years ago. Right. And, and, uh, well, and, and, yeah. and that's and that's the other thing. It's like, you know, he, uh, Ron Rivera keeps using that basically as an excuse for why he didn't address the position as soon as right. he came in. But the thing is, if you were never sold on him, and which he wasn't right, which he wasn't the guy that was the coach when uh, Haskins was drafted, wasn't. So if you're going into a situation where you're not sold on the quarterback, the least you do is get yourself a veteran who can at, who can compete uh, for that starting job. And, you know, again, you guys keep laughing at me for the Cam Newton thing. That's the that's the time to bring him in. I don't care that he's a that he's a former MVP. And if Dwayne Haskins can't take that competition, he shouldn't be your quarterback anyway. This was the same thing we said about RG3. You know, if, if you're worried about a guy sitting behind you who has taken 100 picks after you, then you shouldn't be a starter in the NFL. Believe me, I'm not laughing about you and the Cam Newton thing. Believe me, nobody's, <laughs> nobody should be laughing about that. And then you mentioned RG3. It struck me in the face this morning as I looked up on television. He's doing, you know, commentary. Yeah, and, and he's actually like, pretty good. Side no, ball. he is pretty good, but he good on wasn't TV. that long ago. He was the savior in this town, and we were. Yeah. You know, I remember at the Comcast Sports Center, we even had a uh, a Christmas song written to the tune of RG three instead of old Christmas tree. <laughs> it was old RG three, but anyway. But but the point is not that I'm trying to get on a Kirk Cousins bandwagon, but. You, yes, you'd like to have a Mahomes or a Brady to go to the, the Super Bowl with, but, you know, just up the road in Baltimore, I don't think we're going to look back at Joe Flacco's career and say, you know, he was one of the greatest ever, but, you know, that was a Super Bowl. So, I mean. Uh, and also with, Dave, uh, Dave Preston actually alluded to this when he was talking about uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Why does everybody think? Because two words, Ryan Tannehill. Sometimes a guy gets a second opportunity elsewhere. It ends up being a better fit. There's better surroundings. There's, you know, what, whatever the case may be. Sometimes just a change of scenery is enough for a guy to get, uh, you know, to get right. And uh, maybe Trubisky is one of those guys. Who knows? But <laughs> it's just really hard to see somebody, uh, you know, see Washington get the best out of somebody who failed elsewhere. Because right. Usually the other way around. Never happens. Right. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's go to, uh, I guess, uh, Dave Preston likes at the audible at the line as he sits down. Uh, I believe my audible at the line should be the, the team that you're looking forward to uh, beyond Washington or the team to watch out for. Maybe the biggest disappointment or maybe something else. Dave will let you get collected. George Wallace will start with you. Let's go. Uh, can we switch? Can, can I go down a level to college? You can go anywhere. This, this is All right. Let's talk. You, you can go let's into see, a lacrosse if you want. Uh, no, that <laughs> I missed those practices. Um, 
Let's let's go. Let's let's see if 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 Maryland can actually pull off this this upset against Penn State this week. Look, Penn State's not world beaters like they have been in the past. Maryland gets by Indiana. They tried to lose it, but now, as I like the way Mike Loxley said, okay, now you can start talking about being bowl eligible because you are at number five. And we've had we've seen the big games in College Park. We've seen it come up, to, um, you know, on the short end. Penn State's got a lot of people here this weekend, but let's see if Maryland can take that next step, beat a ranked opponent in college park. That's going to have a good support st- uh, you know, uh, good support in the stands and get to that sixth win because you got Michigan state after that, who I didn't think was that good, but they proved it or starting to prove it anyway. And then you get Michigan and then Rutgers. You don't want it to come down like it has to, to, to having to win a game at the end of the year against Rutgers, which hey, let's face it, it probably will, but let's see if they can step up, take that next step against Penn state this week, a team that is, it comes in at five and three as well. Uh, and and maybe you know surprise some people here in College Park. There's a sentence having to win a game against Rutgers. Let me write that down. All right, Dave yeah. Preston, you're, you're the line. I'm looking forward to the college basketball season. Men and women tipping off next Tuesday. Uh, we're we've got a, a slew of pieces coming your way on WTOP.com. We start by profiling Maryland women who are ranked fourth in the preseason by the writers. They're ranked fifth in the coaches. They have all five starters coming back. This is perhaps their best team since. The national championship squad back in 2006 that returned all five starters started that season number one, finished. uh, They wound up getting bounced early in the NCAA tournament. So uh, this is going to be an exciting winter for them, but just uh, the other schools as well. George Mason has reason for optimism under first year head coach Kim English. Uh, Jamie and Christian is in year three at George Washington. I had a chance to chat with. Transcripts with Dave Preston will be available in our gift shop. Rob, you're next. Audible. All right. So uh, for me, I'm sticking with the NFL. I'm looking up the road at the Baltimore Ravens. I like uh, I think they're going to have a nice uh, ending to the season. And uh, if you look at what they've done since Lamar Jackson has taken over as the starting quarterback there, it just seems to me that he is, um, you know, they, they, they tend to, they have a tendency to finish out seasons pretty strong for all intents and purposes. So I'm I'm really excited about. Uh, seeing what that team is going to do. And that's a wide open division right now. You know, the Cincinnati Bengals, I don't know if they're for real. The Cleveland Browns seem like they're uh, kind of imploding a little bit at this point. So I'm very interested to see if um, if that ends up being uh, a team that makes a deep run. And bear in mind, the Baltimore Ravens are a team, they've only ever won a Super Bowl as a wild card. So if they end up having to go that route, then, you know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's the preferred method for them. They know the route map, and I'll, I'll just end with the Wizards real quick. This team is for real. I'm not saying it's going to be a 50-win team, but I think about the way it lost on Monday night in Atlanta. It actually shot better from the field. Uh, it was a very good Atlanta team, uh, and you, you're okay losing when it just comes down to, okay, on that night, on the road, the better team on that particular night actually won, and they won at the free throw line. So this Wizards team under Wes Unsell Jr. is coming together quicker than I think most thought, I think quicker than Wes Unsell Jr. thought. It's also an advertisement that why young assistants, uh, not just named Wes Unsell Jr., should get an opportunity to be a head coach and shouldn't recycle head coaches uh, in the NBA. And by the way, indoor lacrosse, keep an eye on the National Lacrosse League. Nick Sikiewicz is a friend of mine. He's the commissioner that is a league on the rise. Just got to deal with ESPN. And, yes, I do want the play-by-play job with the San Diego Seals. That's going to do it for Dave yeah. Preston and George Wallace, who yeah, they, were already – yeah, they just the the Wi-Fi uh, in the building sucks. So yeah, yeah, apparently. Well, we'll have to get that fixed next week. Yeah. See, this is what happens when you hit the bye week two and six. The Wi-Fi goes squirrel. Well, I work from home. 
<laughs> <laughs> Rob Wolf, I'm Dave Johnson. Thanks for watching. Break.